Hey there, and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Women's Leadership Podcast. There's something about spending time with other women leaders that inspires us to grow spiritually, relationally, and in our leadership. That's what this podcast is all about. Whether you're a seasoned leader or brand new to your leadership role, you're going to be inspired hearing from other leaders and leadership experts. Now, here's your host, Linda Bottoms. Welcome. My name is Linda Bottoms, and I'll be your host today. I serve as the Assistant Church Ministries Director of the Rocky Mountain Ministry Network. Our guest today is Shelby Roberts. Shelby is a passionate follower of Jesus and a studier of His Word. Welcome, Shelby. Thank you for having me, Linda. I'm excited. I've been really looking forward to doing this. Me too. If you have joined us for one of our recent women's conferences in Colorado, you may already know Shelby. Shelby is an anointed worship leader and has led worship for us for the past several years. So besides what we have already heard, um, tell us a little bit more about you, Shelby. Well, like you said, I am passionate about the Word of God. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. I love it, love it, love it. I love to teach it. I love to read it and study it. Um, right now, I stay home with my beautiful four children. Well, actually, <laughs> one of them's away at college, so three of them are at home right now. And so I focus a lot of time just being a mom and a wife and, uh, and doing that. Well, I tell you what, I really enjoy our times of worship when you're leading, and um, I enjoy watching you with your family, and it's just been a lot of fun. So, Shelby, recently um, you have uh, started a Bible study, and so I've asked Shelby to join me today in the studio to discuss the Bible study she's re- recently written and is teaching at her local church. So, Shelby, tell us a little bit about the study. Well, um, how it all came about, I was walking with a couple of my accountability partners. We walk together on Fridays and we pray. It started out just praying for our kids um, because Lord knows we need Mm -hmm. help when it comes to parenting and noticing that we're all dealing with a lot of the same problems. So we would just walk and talk about parenting issues and pray about those things. And it just kind of morphed into praying and talking about all kinds of things. And I just shared something that was in my heart about starting a Bible study. And they both were cheering me on and and encouraging me to do it. And so I just had to jump in and do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, and I was really praying about how to go about it and what to study. I didn't want to just do a, a, you know, study a book. I wanted to study the Bible. And so I felt like God was speaking to me to start in James because it's so practical. James is kind of like the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's super applicable and it's short and digestible. It's an easy read. And so that's kind of how we got started on James. Well, um, as you began to announce that you were going to do this Bible study, I got really excited. You know, I wish I could attend every week, but I'm in staff meeting during that time. But um, I love the book of James. So start off today by telling us a little bit about James the man. Um, James the man is really interesting. He is the half-brother of Jesus. Um, and James was not a believer until after the resurrection. Mm. I mean, can you imagine mm-hmm. growing up with Jesus? <laughs> He's a goody two-shoes, <laughs> never does anything wrong. I'm sure was the parent's favorite or seemed to be the favorite. Um, But none of Jesus' siblings were believers until after the resurrection. Um, The book of James was written, um, you know, there is some debate about it. It was written sometime between 
um, 42 and 48 AD, I believe. Um, he was martyred around 62 AD. Um, there are a couple of historians who have differing um, recordings of how he was martyred. One said he was um, taken up to the pinnacle of the temple and told to renounce his faith. Mm -hmm. And when he didn't, he was thrown from the temple. And when he didn't die, they clubbed him to death. Uh -oh. Another, um, he, he was one of the first um, people to get martyred for Christ. And another historian said he was stoned to death. Regardless, he was martyred and right. um, for his faith in Jesus. Um, James was a, um, he was a member of the council. He was like a moderator for the council of Jerusalem. He was basically the lead pastor of the Jerusalem church. And he wrote this letter. It is, it's a letter that he wrote to the Christian Jews who were dispersed. Great. You know, um, can you imagine, uh, being martyred for your brother? Right. And, you know, that really takes a lot. Um, that takes a revelation of really who Christ was to be able to do that. Because I don't know if you know any siblings, but usually, you know, they hold them to an, a, a higher a level of accountability. Right. Because you know them like nobody else. Right. Absolutely. So tell us, okay, let's switch then and go to the book of James. Tell us about the book of James. Okay. Well, um, and how we're approaching this, um, the the whole book, because I'm sure many of uh, of us, if not all of us who are listening, have read through the book of James. Mm -hmm. um, and if you haven't, I think now's a good time to start. Now's a good time mm -hmm. to crack it open. Yeah. Um, but I encouraged all of the ladies to first read through the entire book of James, which is super easy. It's just five books. It's an easy read. It's super practical and applicable. And once you start reading, it is hard to put it down mm -hmm. because you relate so much to Absolutely. what's going on there. Um, so I encouraged them to read it first for comprehension. And then how we are approaching it is we are reading one chapter a week, but we're reading that chapter every single day over and over and over again. And I know when I announced that, some of the ladies were probably like, oh, you know, I don't want to read the same <laughs> chapter yeah. every day. And I'm sure they started cheating and, and looking ahead. But it's so crazy how much is in there and how much you can get out of it when you read it over and over and over again. And so that's kind of how we're approaching it. We've gotten through the first couple chapters and now we're focusing on the third. But um, like I said, it is written to the Jewish Christians who were dispersed. And I believe it was around the time of Stephen stoning. Like when we read Acts chapter six and seven, we read about Stephen and what happened there. And this is kind of sandwiched in that whole time. And it's also around mm -hmm. the first missionary journey of Paul uh, when he took his first missionary journey. So just kind of gives you a good perspective when you understand what was happening around that time. So there was a lot of persecution going on with the Jews and they were dispersed and had to leave their homes. They had to leave their jobs. They had to just pick up and start over. And so, you know, when you start James chapter one, when he says, you know, greetings, well, let me back up. Another thing I wanted to point out, there's something really interesting that tells us a lot about the character of James is he could have been name, drop, name dropping. He was Jesus's brother. Right. But he didn't it, he didn't start the letter saying, mm -hmm. hi, I'm James, the brother of Jesus. <laughs> That's, That's probably right. what I would have done. I would have done that. <laughs> yeah. You know. But he said he called himself a bond servant. Mm -hmm. So by this time, he really understood the real relationship 
between him and Jesus and that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he introduced himself as a as a bond servant, a slave. And so I thought that says a lot about James' character. And then he just encourages them. Remember, they're the, the Jews that were being, they were going through all kinds of trials and tribulations, and he tells them to count it all joy. And, um, you know, when you fall into various kinds of trials and temptations and, and even tragedies in life, he told them to find the good mm-hmm. in it and to glorify God in it somehow. Well, I know that um, when I heard you talking about it, you told me there were 54 commands in James. And um, I thought, boy, that seems like a lot. It's not a very big book. So this morning before I had you in the studio, I read through the entire book of James because I just wanted to see what was up. And there's got to be at least 54 when you look at it and say, Mm -hmm. James is so practical. Yeah. He, you know, this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. And it's just clear and concise. And so you're right. So if a group of leaders, Christian women, sat down Mm -hmm. and they said, we're going to really study the book of James. But out of those 54 commands, tell me the three commands. What are three commands or lessons that we would take away from it? Gosh, well, like you said, I mean, there's there's a lot. It starts by talking about temptations, tests and trials. Mm -hmm. And um, when we were studying this our first week, we were really dissecting that. And it has really stayed with me um, because... You know, he tells us to count it all joy, and he also tells us how to do that, how to get through trials and temptations and tests, and that's by praying for wisdom. Mm-hmm. We pray for wisdom. We pray about it. Um, I would say that is one of the hugest uh, lessons there, and there's a difference between the temptations, the trials, and the tests. God never, ever, ever tempts us. There's no evil in him. There's nothing evil about him. But the devil, we do have an enemy, and mm-hmm. there is temptation. And so I would say especially for leaders who, um, you know, maybe have been in church or been in leadership and have known the word for so long, there is a um, there is a danger in getting really comfortable in what you know and thinking you're above temptation because we, we've seen it's in the news, it's right. on the Internet. We see lots mm-hmm. of people, people who were really good, Um, started out really good and um, I think they just got a little cocky um, you know thinking that they're safe or above temptation and and fallen into temptation so it's important to stay on guard um, and resisting temptation and praying for wisdom to um, you know when you encounter those things and also remaining steadfast Um, there is a tendency to get weary in in well-doing there's a tendency to get tired when things get hard Um, but James repeats over and over and over throughout the entire book the importance of remaining steadfast Mm -hmm. and letting patience and letting steadfastness have its perfect work in you meaning letting letting that bring you to maturity and in order to let it bring you you have to kind of submit to it and embrace it Mm -hmm. and let it have its work and like you know like James said count it all joy and, um, you know, when the when you encounter these things and um, another thing that we noticed in that same in that same uh, part of scripture is the testing part. And I didn't realize this till I started researching it. I looked up in my concordance all of the references to tests and testing. And I looked up all of these references and God, he doesn't tempt us, but he absolutely tests us uh-huh. and. I was reading in the Old Testament about the children of Israel, how God tested them and examined their hearts in the wilderness. 
And he tested them, like for one of the times he tested them was he let them go hungry. He let It said yeah. that he tested them with hunger. He let mm-hmm. them wait it out a little bit. And, you know, they didn't do so hot. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I don't think I would do so hot. I know. You know <laughs> just take, start a three-day fast. and <laughs> Girl. <laughs> see how you do. Don't get me started. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I said the other, well, this was uh, a few months ago, I said, I just think I I over um, I was overzealous about it, and I said I'm not eating for an entire week. I couldn't even make it through the first day. I was dreaming about <laughs> salad, and I was dreaming about celery, and I ended up blowing it that very same evening on a plate of nachos. <laughs> it wasn't even salad, but well, you know, I think that as that whole thing you said about not growing weary, and I think that's where the temptation comes in. I think as leaders are doing and they're doing what they feel like God's called them to do. And then they begin to get lazy a little bit. You know, I know how to do this on my own. And that is one of the biggest temptations I have is that be I'm capable. I'm capable of doing this on my own. I'm capable of doing whatever it is. I've done it before. I know how to go through the motions. And I have to be really careful that I don't take God out of the scenario. Mm-hmm. And I have to step back and say, okay, I might can do this, but is this what God wants me to do? Or how does he want me to do it? Is he still okay with this? Yeah, and I good. think as leaders, we get the temptation is just to just go through the motions. And then one day we wake up and we're nowhere near where God had planned for us. So I think that's really good. Yeah. And when you were talking just now, um, I was reminded about Mary and Martha and their their roles and you know, their personalities are both really valuable and important, but it's important to embrace both. You've got the serving and the sitting mm-hmm. at the feet of Jesus. And I think that's where the strength comes from when we're like Mary and just sitting at the feet of Jesus, really working on a relationship with him and knowing him. Because when we get overly um, focused on the serving and the doing, um, I think that's when we get weary. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so what is the second thing? What's the second thing we can uh, learn? Another, well, one of the many is um, just learning how God feels about favoritism and prejudices. So what was happening here in these churches, and I remember James is talking to Jewish Christians. So they were Jews, and, you know, they were f- very familiar with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, you know, who were very wealthy. Um, so... James is exhorting them and tell, because what was happening is they were showing favoritism to the wealthy when they would come into their services or their synagogues. And, you know, the people who were dressed all, you know, fancy and beautiful clothing and rings on every finger, um, they got better seats than the poor people. Mm-hmm. And the poor people, they would have them, you know, sit at their feet or sit in the back. And they, they, were, they were making distinctions among people and showing favoritism to the wealthy. And and search and God does not like that. I started researching that out and I could not believe how much the word has to say about the poor and how God favors right. them and how God loves them and values them and how God shows no favoritism. Mm-hmm. And really the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. People think that when they have some kind of status they're above problems or difficulties and that's not true. At all, and um, another another thing that was interesting in our study, something that you know we were talking about is back then, um, the real ostentatious Jews would wear rings on every finger, mm-hmm. and you know they were they were really interested in status, 
and the the ring that they would wear on their middle finger actually told of what their status was and you know some of the ancient history writings even talk about that there were businesses who would actually rent jewelry out which is kind of (laughs) you know people do that on the red carpet right right (laughs) that's not even true you Mm -hmm. know but um, it was just interesting how you know, things that they dealt with back in Bible times we deal with today might look a little bit different, but human nature is human nature. They're just showing favoritism and prejudices and how God does not like that. Prejudice is really just prejudging someone. You're making a judgment and a distinction on someone without knowing anything about them. And really, it's all about the motivation of the heart. What is your motive? Somebody wealthy walks into your service Mm -hmm. or as a leader, somebody walks into your meeting or your church or your Bible study and you want to be friends with them more than, you know, a poor person who comes in who can offer you nothing. You know, it's what is the motivation of my heart? So as leaders, it's important to challenge our motivation and because, you know, we all have those thoughts, right? you know. Absolutely. You know, they come in and it's like, what can they do for me instead of what Mm -hmm. can I do for them? Yeah. And um, there's always those people that we hold in high esteem, which is just normal. That's natural for us. But they walk into something that we're doing and now we're in awe and we want to make sure it's right for them and everything's perfect for them. And when really we're missing an opportunity for ministry. Right. Somewhere else. Yeah. And you know what? Oftentimes, I mean, you can't judge a book by its cover because a lot of people right. that appear to be wealthy are drowning and mm-hmm. swimming in debt. <laughs> well, absolutely. You and know? it could go the other way, too. You know, the person who doesn't maybe you don't think they have any kind of influence to help you. And I think today's day and age, it's a whole lot of that um, may not have any at all. And the one who are the one who doesn't have it may have a lot more than you think they do. And so we as leaders just have to just not judge. You know, we serve everyone. We love everyone, and we've got to be careful of that. Right. Of that command. And our goal in our study, you know, in going through James uh, is to to learn more about the character of God and the nature of God, to know him and to be more like him. Mm -hmm. And so as we're looking at these things, we keep asking ourselves these questions, you know, So this favoritism and prejudice thing, God hates that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like that. You know, he he's not like that at all. And we want to be more like him and we want to know him um, to know him more. And so the more we we study and the more we recognize those things about him, I believe that we we're changed, you know. Absolutely. So um, let's go to the third one. The third thing that you told me today. Okay, um, authentic faith, authentic faith, enduring faith, because it says there in James that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of controversy, you know, like we were talking earlier at lunch, even when James was being considered to be part of the canon of Scripture, it took him a long time to decide whether or not James could make it in because (laughs) there seemed to be contradictions between Paul's teaching and James' teaching because, you know, Paul is, you know, preaching that it's faith alone, Mm -hmm. not works. And, you know, James is saying without works, your faith is dead. It's nothing. But it's important to remember that they are talking to two totally different groups of people. Right. Paul was called to teach to the Gentiles. And James here is talking to the Jews. And the Gentiles that Paul was talking to, they thought that just by being good and their good works would save them. But Mm -hmm. we know that it's the blood of Jesus and our faith in him alone can save us. 
And um, so James is talking to these people who um, just thought that believing was enough. And but he said, even the demons believe and tremble. You believe. okay, good for you. But show me your works and I'll show you real faith. So basically, he's just saying that authentic faith, faith that is genuine and true and real and not just lip service, um, shows and is proved in the, in the way you live it out. It's not just believing, but it's living it out, true faith. And he gives examples of Abraham. Uh, we can see, you know, in Abraham chapter 15, when God made a covenant with Abraham and you know, promised him a son and the inheritance and the land and made this covenant with him. And it says, Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. So he believed. And then we see in James, or I'm sorry, Genesis 22, where it says that Abraham's faith was completed when he obeyed God, his action, when God told him to sacrifice your Mm -hmm. son, your only son, Isaac. I mean, can you even imagine Um, obeying that kind of command. Oh, my. I mean, I can't even Mm -mm. imagine. So he was quick to obey. And so his action, it said, completed his faith. And then we have Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. Rahab was a prostitute. She wasn't a Jew. And, you know, Joshua sent these two spies into the land to scout it out. And she hid them in her house. Yep. And um, and then she went to them and said, I know who you are. This is a this is Rahab believing. She said, I know who you are. I know who your God is. So she was making a confession. She was. She said, I've heard about how he delivered you out of Egypt, what he you know, how he parted the Red Sea. I heard about what he you know, how he brought you through the desert. And she goes on and on. And then it says she um, her action, her faith proving that she really did believe who they were and believed in their God. She hid them from, you know, the guys that were trying the bad to, guys, the bad guys. <laughs> she hid them from the bad guys up on the roof and they all made a deal. You can go and read it in Joshua too. It's a great story, but um, you know, and also the, the good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, we see the, the priest and the Levite who, um, who were snobs and wanted nothing to do mm-hmm. with the poor guy on the side of the road. But it was a Samaritan of all people right. who showed the love of God to that guy. And so faith without works is is dead. Our if, our if our spirit truly is regenerated by the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, there should be life change. Well, you know, I think as you were talking about that authentic faith, um, I think that people are watching us. So if you're a leader... And you're leading women or if you're leading whoever you're leading, those people are watching you in that authentic faith. They know if your faith is authentic or not. Mm -hmm. They know if your works are matching up with your words. And so I think it's so important as leaders that we really assess that. We look at ourselves and say, you know, what are people seeing? If I'm going to be a leader, a leader means somebody's following you. If you look behind you and no one's following you, you're not a leader. You're, you know, you're just on a walk. So you need to really look and say, where is my faith? Where are my actions? What am I doing? Am I authentic? Absolutely. And how about what are our kids seeing at home? That's that's probably even a bigger testament of who we really are and how authentic our faith is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you know, sometimes it's easy for women, especially women who are leading, you know, to be something, one thing outside the home and a different inside the home. And I think that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. What would my Agreed. kids say about my faith? Yikes. Yeah. 
Well, Shelby, this has been so good. I have so enjoyed it. I wish that I could join that Bible study every week. Um, but I am just looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what you do in the future. Oh, um, you. you know, there's more than one book in the Bible. And um, I'm excited to see what you're going to do with that. Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. This has been great. I've been looking forward to it. Of course, I look forward to any time I get to hang out Aww. with you, Linda. <laughs> uh, it's been fun. And I love talking about the word more than anything. So I appreciate it. Well, thanks for joining us on the Rocky Mountain Women's Leadership Podcast. For more resources just like this one, subscribe to this podcast. You can also go to rmdc.org under the Church Ministries tab and choose Women for more podcasts just like this one. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe so new episodes are delivered directly to you. We'll see you next time.